it records in split screen mode. So that's easy breezy for us. I can make something out of it quite easily. So we good. Can you hear me? I can. Dude, like, I have no idea what I just did to my computer. <laughs> I literally just closed all my my Skype windows and there's no camera up. There's no app up. <laughs> We're talking. <laughs> Nothing's changed on this end at all. I still see you. Same background, same everything. Just like screenshot this before it goes away. Yeah. Okay. I'm almost ready. Your voice is suddenly crazy weird. Uh, if, it, if it's working on your end as far as the recording, then that's fine. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. After infinite stalling, one last pomegranate. Pomegranate. Nice. You ready, son? I'm ready. Better be. I'm three minutes into this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the city of Portland proudly brings to you its PDX podcast champions of the world, Chris the Bully Burkhart, 10 Take Keith Feltner Smith, the Podland Trailcasters. Yeah, I had to do that intro, and hopefully it gets out to the masses and they actually get to hear it this time. Because last time we decided we were going to, you know, do a podcast thing like we do every single week. Keith was like, yeah, I really, I don't, I don't think I have to edit it. It's just, I think editing is optional. No, no, that was not what happened. If I just said I didn't have to edit, I would have saved myself a bunch of time over a couple days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I did lose the episode. Uh, that is on me. That will, I, I, it has not happened before I, and they will, uh, hopefully not happen again. Cause that was frustrating. That was uh, not a fun way to go about it, but you're not wrong. Before we get, <laughs> before we get going, before I pick on you too much more, I got to pick on you again. Keith guys, Keith is, is what? How old are you? Keith, uh, 35. That's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. 30, 34, 37. Okay. Oh, you're older than me. Okay. There we go. Well, Keith is 37 going on 12 because <laughs> as we sat here prepped for the show, all he's talked about is how big and beautiful the snowflakes are in Hood River today, <laughs> and how much snow there is outside, how he went for a drive. It was a little slippery, but he loved it. Like He is a 12-year-old freaking out, hoping he gets a snow day tomorrow and doesn't have to go to school. And I love it. I'm here for it. It's great. I'm not going to apologize for being excited about uh, a bunch of snow in a new location. Uh, it, it's been kind of a dry winter so far. It's been a long fall. It's been a very uh, Lenino winter, you know, if you follow all that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. It's been snowing since noon. We're going on, man, it's only 340. Man, it, it gets dark early right now this time of year. But it, uh, yeah. it feels like it's been going for a good while. And we've seen like uh, quarter-sized chunk or quarter-sized flakes out there coming down. But we're taking away from my, my love and my love hugs and hate mail. So let's let's get on with that. Or, or if you want to tease me more, I just got to say, you know, you haven't done too many intros yet. I think that was only your second or third overall. We're supposed to be going alternating back and forth on this so i if anything i feel like you owe me more like that one was just practice for you like you, you, you know that's you chipping away here okay that's fair i'll, I'll work <laughs> on it no problem while you go make snow angels i'll work on my <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair. I mean, hey, I, I'm not picking on you. I mean, I, I had like two hours of sleep last night because I've been dealing with this weird like nose congestion. So I got to got a prescription for it and it wasn't working great. So he gave me like a steroid to help the prescription. And the, the doctor is like, steroid. no, it could cause insomnia. Oh, and okay. it did because last oh, no. night at like four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, I was not asleep. Really? And then I woke oh, up damn. at about when I finally fell asleep. I woke up at about eight o'clock to my children. Dad, dad, it's snowing. So dad, dad <laughs> nice. couldn't sleep anymore. So I'm, I'm on fumes and I'm loving it, though. All right. Time to go into your favorite segment. Loves, hugs and hate mail. There's a lot of it to go around. I'm going to start first just so you don't take mine. But Oh, you better not take sending mine. My love, sending my love to my guy. You're going to hate this. But I'm sending it to the now king of the three-point shot, Steph Curry, 2974 and counting. I think he ended with 2,978 uh, after that game. Unbelievable what this guy's done. The, the fact that he just broke the record and it took him 788 games to do it. It took Ray Allen. 1300 to break it so like he, he did it in, in about half the time i did this stat in uh my other podcast uh just two fans with jamie friedlander and eli johnson go check it out if you're into college football because that's mainly what we talk about there uh but we were talking about steph for a second and uh it's really funny so the 95 96 bulls and the greatest teams we've ever seen in basketball right average 16 and a half three-point attempts per game the team was led by Scottie Pippen, who averaged 5.2 attempts per game. This season alone, Steph Curry by himself is attempting over 13 threes per game and making five and a half per game. Like, Steph Curry is making more than Scottie Pippen attempted on the 95-96 Bulls, and that's just wild to me. It's just a sign that the game has changed, but uh, there's a lot of good shooters in this league. You do have to balance out, like, how the game has changed. Like, uh, a recency bias and people who haven't watched, like, like, people sleep on how good of a shooter Larry Bird was. Like, he's arguably in in this conversation. Reggie Miller... Ray Allen, like the fact that Ray Allen did that, like if you look at the numbers right now for like the top 20 three pointers in a single season, it's all within like the last five or six years. It's Steph, yeah, it's Steph, so, man. Uh, James Harden, right? Damian Lillard, it's all this. And there's Ray Allen in 2005, 2006. It's like almost a little bit ahead of his time with how good he was shooting that ball. Kyle Korver is in that conversation too. Obviously, Reggie Miller. So uh, the game changes and more people get shots up. But heck, heck man, Curry. Ooh, he's phenomenal. He gets all my love this week. I, I saw um, an infographic. I think it was from Tom Haverstrow. Shout out to him uh, as well. But he, uh, it, it was, I don't think he actually created it, so maybe not shout out to him. But, you know, it, but the infographic was basically showing the three-point leaders through the generation starting back in the 90s. And you saw visually this kind of element of uh, real suddenly everything changed. Before all that, it was interesting. You know, you saw familiar names. Uh, Terry Porter jumped up and down in kind of the top 10, then dropped down, then came back up and kind of, you know, made it maybe the sixth or seventh or so and then dropped back down. And then, yeah, you see Ray Allen just sitting up there and his lead grew so far past what anyone else as far as like uh, the, the, the shots made. And then suddenly you see not just Curry coming up, but everyone else coming up. And everything since then, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how Ray Allen was essentially the the crack in the dam. And now that the dam is broke, that it just keeps surging through. Uh, I'll get to my love in a second, but let's, I, I'm, I'm fine sitting on this for a minute uh, with, with Curry. It. It's, uh, it's worthwhile, man. How, let me ask you, when do you think his record gets, gets broken? If we're saying this is a surge and there's so many players doing this, do you think someone else is going to come along and, and 
hit uh, like past his mark? I don't think it does because I think with the really? way the ebb and flow, of, I think the, with the way the ebb and flow is, I think you're eventually you're probably going to get to a point where the game gets a little more mid range and paint centric again. Because what's going on, Keith, is everyone's taking the threes or hitting the threes. I think eventually you're going to get maybe a Shaquille O'Neal type, right? That big guy who can come in and just take advantage that nobody has developed bigs over the years and just dominate in the paint and kind of bring the game back. And then I think it might eventually go back to, like, I think it's going to ebb and flow. But in the long run, Keith, I just don't, I just don't see someone beating Steph because of how good he is. Here's, like, we've sit here, sat here, we've watched it firsthand how good Damian Lillard is at three-point shooting, right? He's, he's the best blazer to ever do it. And I honestly think when you look at the numbers and the way they're going, like, I mean, him and James Harden have a great argument to probably be number two when, when their careers are done. But they're not going to be even anywhere close to that number that Steph right, is hit. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's 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 guys like uh, Trey Young, maybe is, as as the the game progresses and he grows with it. Um, but, but there's yeah, going to be more Trey Youngs too. Someone. Like I, I'm just saying, like he he's passing the marks even that Damon Curry kind of set when they were younger players. And I'm not saying he's on their level yet, but I do think that there's going to be someone that makes. Trey, uh, that dwarfs Trey Young's production, and somewhere in there, I, I feel like it's got to happen. Like it's, it's it, it, again, it, all through sports we see this, where once, uh, once a barrier is broken, people just just blow by it uh, over over time in history. That, that's just the way I it think. Goes. I think though, I also think that when you look at the way the game's played, though, Keith, like you, like I just said, you know, Steph averaging over thirteen and and a half threes per game. Like I just, you're you're not gonna get to a point, in my opinion, where you're gonna get one guy shooting 23s per game on average that's like that's yeah, yeah. that's You're what's right. gonna You're like right. if you like sometimes like guys don't get 20 shots in a game let alone make them all from three so you're right. not you're either gonna have to drastically increase your three-point production via attempts which i just don't see happening in the long run um because i already think you're kind of at that top um but you're gonna have to find someone who's just a pure better shooter than steph and i just i don't know if if that person exists the, to me this is like a barry sanders type thing and if you don't recall like back in the day barry sanders retired in his prime like 1500 yards or something like that away from beating walter payton's all-time rushing record and he was about to break the all-time rushing record in about 60 percent of the time it took walter payton to set that record if, hmm. if, if barry sanders wouldn't have retired he would have set a rushing record that no other running back ever in the history of the game would touch again. And I kind of think that's what we're seeing with Steph. I think he's, I think he's going to be up there at the top for a very long time. Well, that's fair. We all, we can, we time will only tell. Uh, let me give my love here. Uh, circle back to it's snowing. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it, man. It's cool. It's fun. Again, we, we, Abby, uh, my, my wife, shout out to her. She got the job here in Hood River a year ago yesterday. So uh, we moved out here last March. This is the first time I've, I mean, on, even when I've come out to Hood River as a kid, when we were doing, you know, skate stuff up on the, on, at Mary Hill and on the Gorge and the rest, uh, we came out in the summers and, 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 and maybe the fall and the spring, but not the winter. So it's, it's nice seeing this and I guess it's a regular thing out here. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to All right, to that's enough of that yeah. gushy, gushy super love stuff we're gonna go into the soft love now the hugs you, you you've got you've Wait. got kids in happy valley you i'm sure you, they're excited for snow too this isn't just about except me being loving the snow like except it snowed for it only snowed for like 10 minutes i woke up from oh. like two hours of sleep 
to see it. It hasn't snowed since then. The sky looks like it could snow again at any minute. I wouldn't be surprised if it did it over overnight when it dips again because it's freezing outside. But it's not snowing right now. We're right at the we're right at the top. So I mean, you've been to my house. Um, yeah. You have to go up the hill a little bit. So it's like there's a sign like a couple blocks from the turnoff that says like 700 feet. So like we're right oh, at that okay. peak. Okay. Where you're either you're you're almost too low for the snow or just just high enough to see some, and then like my mom and dad live right down the hill. Like you probably passed my mom's neighborhood to get to my house, and yeah, when I told them it was snowing in my house today, they're like, "Oh, really? It's not doing anything." <laughs> but okay. anyway, who, who where are your hugs going, Keith? Where are your hugs going? Yeah, sorry to step on your segue there, but but I, I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> I do my best with these podcasts to be uninterrupted, <laughs> and all of a sudden my daughter pops up from behind the green screen like this. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. No, that's great. Brooke, Brooklyn, Hey-o. Come hello. Come here. Okay, Brooklyn. Hey, Brooklyn. Who are you gonna send your hugs? Who are you gonna send your hugs to? You're gonna send them to dad? Oh, you're gonna send them to me? Oh, so yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and who are you gonna send your love to? Dad. To dad? Oh, dad. Oh, yeah, that thank makes you. Sense. I'm cool with that. I okay, get it. Say, you know, Brooklyn, no, say. No, no hugs, no love over here, but you know, we're still friends. Can you do me a favor? Can you say, can you say, Rip City, baby? Rip City, baby. Yay! <laughs> that, awesome. that, that needs to be uh, in the new intro. That is absolutely going in the intro. Good job. <laughs> Say, talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. And that, that'll go in the outro. <laughs> All right. Pardon the interruption. She's sending her hugs to me because she's a sweetie. Where are you sending your hugs, Keith? <laughs> That was great, man. I just gotta say that was that was wonderful. I, I enjoyed that uh, that interruption. My hugs this week are going to Bill Shonley. Uh, last night's game. We'll get more to it in a second. But you gotta make your free throws, Norm and Nurk, and Dame too, right? Everyone kind of missed one at the end there, and it was critical in a four-point close game against a good team. Anyway, uh, not gonna stick on that one too long. That's my hugs, Bill Shonley. Gotta make your free throws. All I know is, all I know is, you just scared the crap out of me because you're like, I'm sending my hugs to Bill Shawnley. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? What a miss! <laughs> no, oh, I had a heart attack. Don't do that to me. Well, oh man, I can't recover now. Love you, Sean. Well, I am sending, I, 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 I'm sending my hugs virtual though because I got to keep my distance. I'm sending my hugs to the half the NBA that is currently under COVID nineteen health and safety protocols. That's a good one. Because. Yeah. Cause they need it. It's an outbreak, my friend. An outbreak. It's crazy. Hey, it's an outbreak going on in the NBA. Outbreak going on in the NFL. The NHL currently dealing with it too. So the outbreaks they are coming. Obviously, Omicron or however the hell you pronounce it has something to do with that. Of course, I I, I don't care how you pronounce it. Omicron Persiate. Exactly. Sorry, <laughs> I am Lur, leader of the planet. <laughs> Omicron Persiate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a horrible thing to joke about. It's just a name. I Bring me the one you call McNeil. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's where my hugs are going. Get well, figure this bad boy out. The the Perhaps the silver lining. I mean, I'm no doctor. That's, that's why I listen to the doctors because I can't do enough of my own research. That's impossible. KO. Um, but, you know, you got all these out. You got all these outbreaks. But on the plus side, a lot of these people who are testing positive within the leagues are, are asymptomatic or not severe cases, which is always a very good thing. I think that's kind of what 
doctors have been hoping this entire time that the thing would get less severe and that kind of points to what it's doing i just hope everyone gets well soon and gets to the best basketball possible because it's unfortunate when the you know the bulls had to postpone two games and got other teams dealing with it and i i think the nba honestly should step in and do some things keith because unless the team was doing something um purposely outside of protocols that that kind of led to this like say they were out in a town and like they all went clubbing or something and did something kind of irresponsible to put them in the position. Like if they were following their protocols and just happened to get a breakthrough case, like the league should really step in and be like, okay, well then we're going to postpone game X, Y, Z because it's just not fair to me, not fair to the team. It's not fair to the fans. Like if I'm the fan, like I paid to see DeMar DeRozan and, and, and Lonzo ball or whatever. I didn't play pay to see the Chicago bulls, go out with eight healthy players and, and and no hope of doing anything. So yeah, I, I don't like that. I almost think it's just, it's just not fair to the teams and not fair to the fans who paid money to go. Yeah, and, no, I'm no, I, I, as a season ticket holder, I will tell you right off that. Yeah. I've been, uh, unfortunately, uh, maybe selling a bit more of my tickets to, or g- give them to friends, selling them online, uh, through the places of resale, definitely not let them go to, uh, opposing team markets or anything like that. I'm not just doing seat geek like uh, some fool. Use the places resale site, uh, everyone, please. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. It's uh it's not fun. It's not the same thing. I'm it's I and you know I I do wish they would kind of go back to to the bubble rules from a couple of years ago where yeah if you need to delay games have that be a thing have that be maybe an incentive towards players to take a little more care as well. It, there's there's a lot of factors to this. I'm not saying it's all players' fault either. There's just like you said, there's, there's there's simply just cases that pop up, even if you are fully vaccinated and boosted. If you're, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, things are happening right now. It's, it's an unfortunate part of life. Um, I've seen a couple articles, honestly, even asking the question, do we deserve to have sports right now if, you know, as a society, we can't get this together and handle this uh this new disease uh but yeah anyway that's that's a question for another hey, 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 hey we don't ha- yeah we don't have to dive deep in yeah, here but we'll here's the thing later. i want these i want these these leagues that are dealing with it to do they be- do the best they can because i lived through this once we all did i do not want to go back to the bubble i don't want to go back to watching these guys play in empty stadiums i just yeah, I don't. I'm, with I'm, you, man. I'm willing to i'm willing to do everything we can to get that because here's the thing like yeah, these outbreaks are scary. These leagues are still doing everything they can. Like I said, cases are very, very mild. That's the plus side on all of this. But the thing is, like, especially for people like you and I and the people who listen to this podcast, the Blazers and go like, even getting a chance to go to Moda and watching college football and all that, that's been like a sense of normalcy that makes you feel yeah, just good dude. when everything's crazy. And that's why, like... The bubble was a cool experience to do once and be able to tell your children's children that you you lived through that and watched it, I guess. But I don't want to do it again. I don't. Yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm with you Well, since we're going down that angle anyway, <laughs> it's time for our hate. Send me Let's your hate, hate mail. Where's, where's your hate mail going? Oh, I got some hate mail this week, man. It's, uh, you know, last week I think I talked about... Before, before you speak, I'm putting a 65% chance on the fact that we might have the same hate mail this week. <laughs> All right, <laughs> now, 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 now tell okay. me what you got. All right, yeah, last week I think we talked about uh, Woj somewhere in here. This week, uh, I got us into to, to Jay Will and all of ESPN, man. Jay Williams it and is. all of ESPN. We got the you same hate mail. Same hate mail too, bro. Yeah, like you Fans, think we do, we do not disclose trash. our love. 
Yes, we do not disclose our love hugs and hate mail before the show. We drop <laughs> we drop it on each other live as we record, and we got the same hate mail this week. Dude, all I right, mean, tell me why. First, having the Woj articles again. We talked about this last week, and the pod didn't make it, so we can talk about it again a little bit here, uh, and then move on. But Woj being such a mouthpiece for Olshay, trashing Dame, talking about him uh, wanting his extension, which doesn't even come into a, a situation or conversation until next year. Chrono made that pretty clear; they can't even like talk about it or discuss it yet. Uh, and again, any player in Dame's position would want this. It was a trash article by Woj. Uh, it wasn't even the first thing which did that week that kind of trashed on the whole situation here in Portland. He he belittled the decision here to fire Olshay. He compared it to, or he said, like, what really is workplace uh, uh, toxicity or whatever the, the terms were that he threw on. It was That was all in the past. That was ridiculous. That was horrible. I thought it was just Woj, but apparently it's an ESPN issue because today Jay Williams is out there after putting out the foolish-ass takes on first take about defending Kyrie and not being vaccinated. Now he's calling for a Kyrie Irving and Dame swap. He says that it would really help both sides and that Dame would be great to uh, uh, help help Brooklyn out. And somehow Kyrie Irving, I don't care about what you think Dame's gonna do elsewhere. Yeah, he would help anyone he goes to. But why would Kyrie Irving help anything in Portland? He doesn't do anything for us as far as like off the court stuff. And on the court, he doesn't bring anything that Dame doesn't. Dame is better in all ways than Kyrie. Why is Jay Williams paid to say this illogical garbage by ESPN? Please, Chris, take over so I can catch my breath. Well, to be fair, he's not better than Kyrie in all ways. What way isn't he? Kyrie is probably hands down the best ball handler. Oh, handles, handles. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He attacks the rim far better than Damian Lillard does. Dame is one far. of the top like five or six free throw uh free throw attempts over the last okay. several seasons. He okay, gets that, the rim. That, he attacks. Hey, no, no, no. I meant like his ability to attack and be successful. He's one of the like I get hey, I know you're a Dame defender. We do this, but <laughs> put a little bit re- of respect on no, Kyrie's okay, that's uh, fair, talent that's here. Fair. Can't just hate on him because you hate on him. That's fair. You're right. Kyrie deserves some respect. His handles are off off the charts. Uh Dame is better, but fair enough. Go ahead. Outside of <laughs> the, the 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 vaccination or political side of it, because I, I I get that we're we live in a time where that plays a role. I just I just don't like that it does. So yeah. I, I like I'm just trying to come in from the pure basketball side here. And to me, why would you want Kyrie when uh, he wanted to leave Cleveland at the first? Uh, instance he could he had a good situation in boston but wanted to get the heck out of there yep. the first situation he could and he's turned into a headache uh, uh for for this front office in brooklyn so why would you want that guy in portland like if you're gonna take a risk on a guy that might not like your city i'd rather take the risk on ben simmons because i still think there's a guy there that you can convince this is where you need to be Kyrie, i'd be like he's here for he's here in portland and you're here for a year and a half he's like yeah i really want to go play over the lakers or i want to get out of here I do that. <laughs> yeah, man. it's like so that swap doesn't make sense and to me it just continues to be of all the teams out here the deals can get done blah 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 it's uh i hate it because i it, it's it's overblown a little bit but to the same point maybe it's not overblown i just hate it's lazy when you're just, okay, Dame needs to be traded to Team X in LA or Team X in New York. Everywhere yeah, else, yeah. screw him, but it need, he needs to go here or there. Um, it would be a very weird... 
it would be a very weird flop, uh, trade to me because we we could get into this a little bit later, Keith, because I've talked about how eventually, if things do not go the way Portland wants them to go with trading their other assets first, with their CJ, Nurk, and Rocco, that Damian Lillard has to be on the table because you have no other option at that point. But if Damian Lillard were realistically on the table, it would be asinine to trade him for another guard. I would be trading, like, if I'm, if I'm trading Damian Lillard, like, I want, like, a Jimmy Butler type, right? Like, a guy who can come in, be an elite 3 and D wing, and still lead my team, but then I also have CJ McCollum and Norm Powell to rely on as my guards. Like, if I'm just trading Damian Lillard, like, I'm going to trade Damian Lillard for Kyrie Irving straight up. It's going to help both teams. It's, it's going to help Brooklyn, because now right. they have a point guard who will play. <laughs> it's not going to help Portland because when he does play, they're just stuck in this same over too many guard over garbage that they guards, have. Yeah. It, does, it literally would not help Portland at all. On another issue with Kyrie, and, it, and, it, and, it, and the longer this lingers, it becomes my issue with Ben Simmons as well, Ooh. is if I'm trading Damian Lillard, Am I trading Damian Lillard for a guy that hasn't seen the basketball court live action hmm. in game? Ding, ding, ding. At this, I mean, at the, you're you're almost approaching a year since the end of last season. Yeah, like he, this that's a lot of rust that they're gonna have to knock off. Like that's that's just kind of weird to me. So yeah, the, the Ben Simmons, at least Ben Simmons for for Damian Lillard. I I still don't think that's the trade. It's there's other options there, but at least that trade makes a little bit more sense because again, Ben Simmons, uh, a younger guy who, yes, he plays point guard, but he defends all five positions and he's an elite, elite defender. He does the things that you need him to do. So Dame for Ben at least makes more sense than Dame for Kyrie. That's just stupid to me. I, I'm so mad at you right now. I just have to kind of fill in here before I move on that in the love hugs and hate mail segment, we were, we barely intro this show and you've already gotten in uh, uh, so, some praise for Curry as well as some Dame trade theoreticals. Like this is this is like the Chris Burkhart podcast. <laughs> and, and you got the intro. You got you. This is just your show now. It's just That's what happens when you let me take over. Uh, <laughs> see, but hey, about- but my hey, at least here's the thing. At least my Dame trade theoreticals are are, are based in reality because they're not they're not Jay Williams that, aren't Jay Williams are not no, yeah because my, here here's the thing and you I had to talk you off the ledge because you thought I was the other way around and it was just it was just <laughs> phrasing and I fixed my phrasing with you my Damian Lillard trade theories are based on if every other avenue to make the team better fails then trading Dame has to be an option otherwise you're just screwed for years because you're never, ever going to get better. Like, if you can't trade CJ now, a Nurk now, and Rocco now to bring in talent, what are you going to do if you don't use Dame to try to get talent around them? You're screwed. These other pundits are saying that the Blazers' only option right now is to right, trade Dame. Right. And that is wrong. Dame is on the table. Option A, B, C, and D. Those are your four options. Dame is option D, too, because there's probably an option D above him. Dame's option Q, like way down the line. He's way down there after you exhaust. It could have been down there. I just didn't want to recite that many letters. Four was enough. But that's where my Dame trade theories come in. Is you have to talk about him to see what your team can do and make. But it's definitely not getting rid of Dame is not the priority. Like it's it's just weird. Like it's crazy. It's crazy talk. Stupid. Anyway, let's let's talk about spaces. 
right, let's, let's talk about talk Space, about Space Jam. <laughs> so last night, uh, before the game against the Suns, we had our weekly pregame spaces over on a on Twitter Spaces. It's a, it's the weekly pregame hoop spaces over on Twitter Spaces. Uh, and the nice thing about this, Chris, honestly, again, because I fumbled the episode this last week and all of our talking points got dropped, we had another chance, a second chance, to catch up on, talk about Cronin, the new GM for the Blazers, uh, talking about some trade targets, as well as some new stuff on uh, on some of the Blazers players themselves. So first things first, let's go over the dialogue on Cronin last night. I think it seemed pretty unanimous and, and agreed, mostly because... Uh, uh, there, there weren't too many talking. Honestly, let me just say it to to the Spaces crew here: no hate at all. But don't don't be scared, guys. Don't be uh, scared about getting a microphone, grabbing a grabbing a mic, and, and join us in the conversation. That was about hearing from you guys, and we need more of you uh, to do it. Don't be shy, please. Anyway, impressions about Cronin seem to be that uh, after the the conversation, not the presser, but the conversation that he had with uh, Cronin and Billups and uh, Dwayne Hankins. I keep wanting to say Haskins, but it's Hankins. Uh, the, the impression on Cronin seems to be that he's going to be able to make moves, that he's going to have the power to do so, that he's wanting to do so, and also that he doesn't just kind of see himself as interim GM. He wants the job. He wants an actual chance at, at doing this. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely I would. And I think it goes a long way that after we were done with the spaces, that the news was that uh, Damian Lillard had been asked and Damian Lillard endorses him. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's a big endorsement. And big. Uh, and to to do that, that means that they've already sat down and had their conversations, right? right? About this is what the team needs to do to get better. This is how we approach it. This is what we do. The thing is, I don't, and I said this in spaces, Keith, I don't like the fact that this is lingering on. Like, that he's still interim and, lingering? Yes, and he's still he's okay. still interim. Uh, the, the the best course of action here is to say, uh, Joe, you're the GM. Here are the keys to the Ferrari. Drive it where you need to go. Because what's, what will hurt the Blazers in the long run is if he continues to be interim. Or they say you're the GM, but every decision has to go through Jody Allen and, and Burt Cold and the ownership right, and right. blah, blah, blah. You Lindy have to give him the power to get stuff done. Um, the guy has a brain. He's been doing this for a long time. He's not, it's not like he's new. Um, uh, here's the thing. Like you, we've talked about this before. And I said, like, I almost take it back. Like I said, I don't know if I'd pair a, a first time GM with a fir first time coach in, in Tayshawn Prince. Right. Especially since they had that relationship as, as uh, teammates and all that. But I also hate the argument in general when people are like, Oh, he's just, he's a first time though. He has no experience. He right, has no experience. Right. It's like, dude, like dude, as a guy who's looking for work, I hate that because here's the deal. Like I know I can do these jobs. Give me a chance to do this job and I will prove to you that I can do this job. But if you're always just going to rely on, well, he doesn't have the experience. Well, he's never going to get the experience. If someone doesn't give him a damn chance, then you yeah. can find out if he's good or not. And I think that, I think that Cronin is, has the ability to be very good. So I like it. I think the move is Cronin. I think all signs are pointing to that as the move. What is he doing? My dog is dreaming. <laughs> oh, okay. My dog does that too. Anyway, I think all signs are pointing to Cronin being the guy in the fact that Danny Ainge was available, but Portland apparently didn't even give him a call. There hasn't been a lot of news as to like an extensive general manager search or 
person A is being brought in for an interview or any of that. It just seems to be Joe is our interim. And then they held, you know, conversation with Joe Cronin and, and, and Chauncey Billups and this and that. Like, they've kind of approached this like he is the guy right. without saying that he's the guy, which kind of annoys me. Just say he's the guy <laughs> and let him go to work. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit about time. For, he hasn't, it hasn't been that long. Like, maybe they want to give a little time to kind of have the formality of having a search. But, you know, it, I don't... I agree that I don't think there's anyone else who really rises up to the level of Cronin right now as far as likelihood of GM. He seems like the right fit. He's been here a long time. He has the right goals in mind. He seems to have the right temperament and mentality that that would be uh, not Neil O'Shea. Uh, so, yeah, I, and honestly, even in, the, in that conversation uh, slash presser, there seem to be a few of these underhanded kind of, you know, not underhanded, but that's not the word for it. But just there are some of these kind of uh, comments where just kind of you had to read between the lines, and they were maybe making some comments on, yeah, this guy disagreed with some of the old shade decisions, and he's ready to do this, or he knows we have to make some moves. He knows the team has to part with some of these guys. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited to see what happens. And also, you mentioned uh, Danny Ainge. We heard today, right before we started this podcast, Danny Ainge is going to Utah. He will be the I think it was alternative GM or alternative op- or alternative uh, gov alternative governor basically yeah. just like another guy within the ownership group. So again, like um, as far as just the rumors and stuff that fans were talking about uh, with Ainge being having you know with Ainge having all his Portland ties here, that kind of takes that right off the board. So if we were going for anything more than just the formality of having you know a, a, a you know an interview process and look, looking at other people for the job. This might take a big option off, and yeah, I, I would expect, I would hope that maybe in the very near future we'd hear that Cronin is the official GM, and maybe hopefully soon after that you hear about a move being made. Yeah, and let's hit on uh, Danny Ainge just real quick. Um, sure. I know he was kind of polarizing. Fans didn't really want him. Um, they wanted new blood, I guess. And I like Danny Ainge. Very, I think he's good at his job, knows what he's doing. Um, what I don't like about how this went down is Portland didn't even give him the call, according to certain reports. And right. then he turns around and takes a high profile job with a, a team within your division, in and the division yeah. a, a, a rival of <laughs> sorts within your division Very uh, much so. and can drastically improve them. So I, I don't like that to go from not making a call to, okay, well I, I'm going to go to a, a team within your division and the fact that he took a job there obviously proved that like everyone's argument was well he's retired he's retired i'm like yeah and the reports i'm getting from people who know him are that he's interested in returning to the to the nba and what happened he returned to the and nba you, so. you even you even said this the other week you said weeks ago that these reports about the the interest with Ainge and portland seemed to largely be from one side, and that was probably Ainge's side. You called that out. You said that, uh, that Portland probably hadn't really done much about this, and yeah, it's... I, I, I just I want to you. point out that my record for calling things before <laughs> they happen on this podcast is pretty good. <laughs> hey, man, the, 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 why, why, why do you think you're here as the co-host? You, you bring, the, you bring the, those, those, uh, those predictive capabilities. You are, I mean, if... We couldn't get uh, wild, the wild one. We couldn't get Mike Rice on here. So you're the next best predictor <laughs> around, Chris. I'm, I'm just saying. You're up there. When it comes to crystal balls, I, I, I trust the Burkhart, the, the Burkhart crystal ball. I almost said the Burkhart ball, and that was just not going to be a good, good title. We'll Only because we'll, you took it there. Get your mind we'll, out We'll workshop it. We, we'll workshop it. We'll work on that. <laughs> okay, so let's... Uh, 
And let's talk about the trades that we, we discussed this on, again, last week's pod, my bad, as well as Spaces last night. Trade targets that Portland should be looking at. Uh, Indiana has their whole thing going on. And at this point, I feel like it is pretty well accepted that while Demonis Sabonis would be an awesome person to see in Portland, it'd be awesome to buy a jersey that said Sabonis in the back. Miles Turner is probably a better fit. Uh, yeah. there, you, 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 could, you could make arguments uh, that maybe Sabonis would be good in certain situations, depending on who, uh, who else is going to stay in Portland on the roster here. But you're probably not going for both. Uh, if anything, you'd be going for Miles Turner and maybe Karis LeVert, the guard that is also available possibly from Indiana. But Miles Turner seems to be the big option from Indiana. Jeremy Grant is another one they've talked about. Ben Simmons sitting here in the background, all those talks. Chris, where do you go with the trade targets at this point? You, these have mostly been ones that you've brought up, uh, as well as uh, Alex and Ford over from the Unbiased Blazer podcast. Shout out to them. Hey! But uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems pretty in the air at this point. Where do you predict things go? Well, if we're going to go big time shake up here, I'd be trying to get two names off that list. Honestly, I'd be trying to get Miles Turner and Jeremy Grant. Could yes, you swing that? That'd be absolutely phenomenal. It'd be hard oh to do. Um, uh, maybe even a Jeremy Grant and a, and a Sabonis would be not a bad uh, pairing either. Here's my thing with Sabonis. I think if you get Sabonis, uh, I think it's a precursor to another move. And what I mean by that is I think you can maybe get Sabonis for like, Fans are going to hate it, but Rocco and Nurk package that includes someone like Ant, because as an Indiana Pacer team that's trying to rebuild, I think they look at that and go, okay, Rocco and Nurk are expiring. We don't need Rocco, so we can either just buy him out or whatever. Um, Nurk is a guy that I think his value on the open market is about what he's making right now, which is around 12 mil. So I think... I think Indiana can look at that and go, okay, we can get another center on the cheap because he's going to be cheaper than Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis, right? That, so we can still keep him and we get this nice young building block uh, in Anfernee, right? Um, so I think you could trade that and that still gives you CJ McCollum as bait. And then you can start talking to Detroit yeah. and try to build something around. I'll send you CJ McCollum and here's all my assets, my first round picks, my this and that and and get a deal done there. And then if you looked at that, I mean, if you're start, if, if you could go start a lineup, Keith of Dame norm at this point, you'd probably played Nasir little at the three, uh, Jeremy Grant and DeMontis Sabonis. I like that starting five a lot. And that still gives you Cody Zeller, Larry Nance off the bench. Um, ben McLemore is probably going to get more minutes in that situation. He's been good. Tony Snell gets limited minutes, but again, that's what Tony Snell is, so you're fine there. And then, yes, you would lose Anthony in this deal, but this is why, and I said this was the guy who needed the contract the entire time, did I not, was Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> so you still have a good backup point guard. So you yeah. still have a solid backup uh, uh, backup rotation as well. And conversely, maybe you don't get Sabonis, but you try to convince them to work that deal around for a Miles Turner. And so same thing, you're starting Dame, Norm, Nasir, Jeremy Grant, Miles Turner. The team is, to me, is just drastically better, a lot more balanced, gets a better defensively at that point because obviously Miles is far better defensively than Nurk. That's not to say Nurk is bad. It's just Miles Turner is really good. He's really uh, good. Jeremy Grant is good at uh, both ways. Jeremy Grant is is playing the four, but he's a guy like dude. You could go big and play him at the three and be fine. Um, again. Still got Larry Nance, still got options. Um, so that is, if, if I'm wanting to make a giant-ass swing, 
That's where I'm looking. If I'm only going to be able to make one out of these moves, personally, it would be Jeremy Grant and then Miles Turner. I, I just really like what Jeremy Grant brings, and I, I really like the way he's progressed his play over the last few years. Um, so long story short, would it be hard? Yes, but I do think making more than one swing is absolutely attainable. But you just have to come to terms with the fact that you have to drastically shake up your roster to do it. Uh, so I, what I'm curious about, too, is, is the timing of this. I, I feel like, in general, the perception that I've gotten is a CJ move is most likely not going to happen until closer to the trade deadline. Probably. I would say any move, honestly. Even with any the Pacers, like... Yeah, I just the, how often does a big trade even when a team even when a team says I'm shopping this player like how often does it happen in mid December or even early January a lot of these moves start to happen within that 2 week window right by the deadline you just don't see it happen a lot just because I'm going to make a player available then I'm going to start fielding calls and then I'm really going to get down to thinking about what like what best fits me because here's the thing the only team that is you look at Indy, okay, Indiana has got has decided that they're going to go rebuild, right? Detroit has been in a rebuild. The timetable on those two things are years. As where the Blazers timetable is we need to try to figure it out to make this team better now. So, the players that are available, those teams are in no rush to trade them. Right. Like they right. can wait all the way to the deadline to literally get the best deal. If if Portland calls and says, okay, I want Jeremy Grant, I'm going to give you CJ McCollum, Anthony Simons, and I'm going to give you some picks. Do let's go. Detroit's going to look at you and go, okay, we're going to field a couple more calls, test the waters here, see what's going on. And they're going to wait until they get the absolute best deal for them. Cause there's no pressure to pull the trigger immediately. So that's why I would argue that I think any of these trades would probably happen closer to the deadline. Honestly, I would be I would be mildly surprised if anything happened before mid-January, honestly. The frustrating part of that would just be the idea that it kind of maybe burns the season. Like if you're waiting until the trade, trade deadline to kind of make this team right, it's a lot of time for uh, putting up with more of, of, of these losses. I was kind of hoping, and again, I, I have heard from some of the pods, some of the NBA pods, that, that maybe there'd be some sort of idea of, one of these kind of alternate moves happening early, maybe like the Yusuf Nurkic kind of move happening early, and then later on in the season you get the CJ for Simmons swap or CJ for, you know, like you mentioned, Jeremy Grant and, and you know, parts and the rest. Uh, I, I, it's, it's just, it's such a weird time right now, man. It's such a, everything is in limbo. We, we've, we've seen the exit of Olshay. We've seen the guy that's replacing him, and we know that, you know, there's kind of a, agreed upon a uh, theory here that some that moves need to happen so it's 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 just such a such an odd time to kind of you know figure out where the team is going is you're we're waiting on news really yeah um i also think maybe maybe this is just thinking too much or trying to think of reasons keith but um if you're going to trade one of those guys to portland specifically maybe you do want to make that move a little bit sooner than rather than later and give portland a chance to get better quickly because uh the pick that they traded away for roco that now belongs to the chicago bulls i believe via the marketing trade um is lottery protected so Mm. the worse the blazers are the more chance they have of keeping that pick do you want to trade Jeremy Grant at the deadline to a bad team and that team still ends up in the lottery and now they got a good player in Jeremy Grant and a lottery and a lottery pick out of it or do you want to say hey I want you to get as good as possible so that that pick that you have that goes to 
right, the Chicago right. Bulls that are a division rival of me is now a mid twenties pick, and it doesn't really matter that they so have maybe it. a little like, incentive. Yeah, a little incentive. I think there's little things like early. that that might matter. So, uh, you know, that's, I'm good at arguing both sides. Okay. <laughs> I I do think one other thing that we kind of touched on there that's important to remember is Ant or Nas, one of our young guys. We've talked about this in a, in a couple pick of players on spaces. We discussed it again last night. One of these guys has probably got to go. Uh, in, in all these trades that are going to happen, whether it happens now or later, sometime this season, you're probably going to see either Anthony Simons or Nasir Little no longer a blazer. Uh, it stings, it hurts, but it's, you know, I, I, I do think as well, it sounds like most of the camp, uh, or at least maybe slightly more than 50% of the camp, is on Nas's side. I, I think overall he's a, he's a harder piece to come by. He brings more things that the Blazers need and don't have than Anthony Simons does. And Anthony Simons also has a lot of value. He has a lot of shine, I think, in games where uh, Blazers have kind of lacked on the roster. Anthony Simons put up numbers that other teams in the league are going to notice. And, you know, Chris, you and I have talked before about there's a, a surplus of guards right now. Any guard, even and, and the, the chance for a guard to put up 18 to 20 points is a little more common. Uh, and so maybe that kind of deflates Anthony's value a little bit compared to Nas. But, you know, it's going to be, again, an interesting thing to watch. Uh, here's here's a here's the thing on Ant. Okay, everyone wants to defend Ant, and everyone wants to keep Ant, but also everyone says we don't want to trade Dame away, right? right. And the argument with Ant this entire time, Keith, has been that like Neil drafted him to be, you know, the Blazers' next starting guard when when Dame isn't here anymore, right? Well, everyone wants to keep Dame, and Dame's under contract for the next four or five years, so. Ant's just going to sit there wallowing on the bench because yeah, at this extra. point, you also have CJ McCollum. You also have Norman Powell locked up for the ni- next five years. And I've said this a hundred times. If you trade CJ McCollum, you're looking to get a wing so that you can upgrade your small forward power forward spot and try to move Norm back to his natural two. I think that's the best yeah. option for the Blazers. And in that situation, if you don't trade Ant, you still have Ant on the bench. And Ant has proven that he's good. He's proven that he deserves playing time, but he's also proven that he deserves to get paid when the time comes. And if you don't trade him, I think you run the very, very realistic probability of him getting a deal that you just can't afford to match, yeah, that you can't, can't afford to yeah. keep. And he goes and walks. And so you got to try to get the most out of him. And then Nasir Little... Again, the argument has been forever in Portland, right? We, you need, we need a 3 and D wing, a 3 and D wing. We need, a, we need a guy who can play 3 and D. You have one developing on your roster. A so why one. would you just be so quick to get rid of that to keep a guard when you're already guard heavy and a guard that is still going to be behind Damian Lillard even if you still have him? Like, I don't I, necessarily think the best option for the Blazers is to trade Dame and then go start see uh dame Ant, and norm because i want to get out of that three guard lineup i want to get to a two guard lineup and start a true <laughs> small forward at small forward so yeah i to me between the two i think it's ant all day long i think it's a no-brainer and i also think he has a lot of trade value yep i'm, I'm with you man uh okay let's let's move on from the trade targets a little bit uh most of the spaces talk hey! it was always good it, it's it's fun having you guys please come and join us we do once a week, usually early in the week on like a Monday or Tuesday, uh, pregame for an hour before the Blazers game that week. Uh, and just, the, again, the point of these is to hear from you guys, to hear the takes that, that you have, any concerns you have, any venting you want to do. You guys can listen to us on this pod every week, usually until I drop the pod like last week. My bad. But uh, 
<laughs> in general, yeah, uh, the space is where we can hear from you as well. So please come and join us on there. And if you can't join us on there, join us on Discord. We've got our Discord server up. The link will be in the episode description here. You can drop questions anytime you want. We have you know live you know game day chats. We have trade talk channels, and eventually we're going to have some live episodes going in there as well. So please come and join the Discord. Uh, moving on from the, from the from the pump ups and the promos, let's talk about last night. We had a very close loss to Phoenix. I think it was one eleven to one oh seven in overtime. I think is what the final score was for it. Uh, this was rough, man. I it's on one hand we were we we're still pretty injured. We're missing CJ from the from pneumothorax, the collapsed lung, not punctured lung, collapsed lung. So it's less serious than I think we all assumed at first. But uh, still sucks. Still sucks for sure. Uh, and you know he he'll he'll be out a little he'll be out a little while longer. He'll be reevaluated. I think in maybe about a week's time at this point. By the time this comes out. Uh, so yeah, there were reasons to maybe not be too concerned with the loss to Phoenix, but we were close, dude. We, we, we got down early on and Blazers managed to fight back. I think we were leading in the fourth quarter by like five or six points at a number of different times, kind of, you know, the lead going up and down, but we were maintaining some sort of small lead. And instead we end up after missing free throws, like I mentioned in the hate mail or in the, in the, in the hugs part of the love hugs and hate mail, uh, missing free throws, Maybe some sloppy play at the end, some sloppy coaching and, and use of timeouts. We can get into that if you want to. But we end up with the sixth loss in a row, nine losses out of the last ten games, and honestly the most ugly part to me, five straight home losses. This is, Chris, after you and I talked probably on the last episode that got put out there, we were talking about how what's going to fall first, the home win percentage or the road uh, loss percentage and we were wrong uh, five straight home losses really undoes a lot of that goodwill that we had going in in the rose garden so frustrating where are you at uh hey it was good to see a competitive game uh I yeah think there was yeah. a couple of first maybe first year coach mistakes you talk about timeouts and clock management and stuff like yeah. that but i mean go back to your your hugs man bill shonley gotta hit your free throws right you can drastically change the game and i think you're getting to a point with the blazers right now that i I like what i'm hearing like dame is still not faltering and he's talking about you know going through the rough patch and portland has them i feel like there's always a a patch in the year where it's just like oh my gosh what's going on um but you're starting to see just a, a few little things that make you not be as upset as you try to find the positive it's still not good it's not like oh i saw a lot of things they're going to turn this around like it's still not good they have to fix it um but i I just think that's what it comes down to i mean this is a beat-up team you're playing those games and yeah no cj mccollum and got guys half your team is wearing a mask and (laughs) like you're just you're just beat up so yeah it's i don't know i just i don't know how this gets better i think they're going to get a win soon, but yeah. I just, just to go back to what we were talking about, man, like you have to have change. I just, I just, just don't think this, this team is it. I think you got to get some new blood in there on that, on that floor, get a new five going and figure out what, what you can do. But God, it is tough. I mean, you do look at the last four games. So honestly though, Keith, I mean, 12 point loss to the Clippers. 10-point loss to the Warriors, 5-point loss to Minnesota, 
that one that one stings. And then a four point loss to Phoenix. I mean, and that's off the heels of a one forty five one seventeen loss uh, to Boston, and then blowout to the Spurs before that. So like oh, these man. games are closer than they had been, which is good. Yeah, and just real quickly, let's. I, I want to go back to um, Norman Powell um, starting and oh yeah for uh, for CJ here yeah. 25, 26, 27, 28. Yeah, he's so, looking good on, on the starting lineup, man. He like he definitely, as far as like moving him to that two position. Go ahead. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Here's the thing. So he's starting at the two. Nas has been playing that three. Like Nance gets to start over Rocco. So for the season, Norman Powell averages 17 and a half points, uh, two and a half rebounds, 1.5 assists. And granted, CJ's on the floor for a lot of that too. But since he's moved to the two, in this four-game stretch that he's star- uh, started at, at shooting guard in place of CJ McCollum, He's averaging 23.3 points per game. Damn. Yeah, 3.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Uh, Yeah, shooting the the uh, three-point percentage is pretty low at only 30%. But, I mean, he's getting the job done. My point is, like, I think he plays a better game when he is at his natural two position and is proving that he can be relied on to score buckets when when he's not, you know, your third or fourth scorer. Like, he can do it. So... That's why I think trading CJ is is huge because you have a guy who can fill that spot with ease, and that's Norman Powell. Anyway, neither. No, no, I'm, I'm, we already talked about that. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that, man. And you know, in the same way, uh, in the same way, as far as Norm uh, moving home to his natural position and seeing what, what kind of improvements we've seen there, moving Roko to the bench. Let's talk about that for a second. He has had two games in a row coming off the bench, and honestly, I think he's looking pretty good so far. He's looked. More engaged, uh, he doesn't. Maybe, maybe he's maybe part of this is about motivation, trying to get back. But he seemed like he's not not feeling. It doesn't look like he's much of a step behind at this point. At the very least, this should help his trade value. If we're talking about him as a piece, uh, trying to get him moved before his deal expires. But more than that, like if this is helping the team kind of sync up a little better, having Nas in front and having Rocco kind of maybe being able to kind of catch his breath and, and play against some lesser competition a little bit. If that's where he's at in, in his, in his career, man, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you deteriorate at some point or another, he's still a very valuable player, but maybe just come off the bench. He sure looks better to me. Uh, yeah, I, I like him. I like him off the bench versus in the starting lineup. And we all know that I'm a Rocco defender. I absolutely love Robert Covington, <laughs> but I think, I think, I think for this team and, and what they need to do. Yeah. I think he's, he's better served in that rotational role right now i i like it i like larry nance in that spot right now i don't like larry nance in that spot in the long run because i would still much prefer some moves to be made so larry can still be my primary big off the bench um and those moves that we alluded to earlier like i would yeah give me jeremy grant at the four and then still let me get nance in off the bench that'd be great um but yeah i agree i do like robert covington off the bench but i've been saying that i think he needs to go there for a while yeah okay well let's let's talk about something a little more positive as well though um i wanted to get in here you actually mentioned it earlier dame and kind of maybe him trying to uh exert some leadership on the team if there's any better way to put it but i heard about this from mike richmond on the locked on podcast shout out to him a great pod to check out uh when you're done with trailcasters he's got daily episodes going up uh really good quick updates on the team all the time as well he often talks with jason quick and that's where this is coming from today uh, Jason Quick, I guess, asked pregame, before the game against Phoenix, about not letting the momentum spiral in the wrong direction. Uh, Dame replied that he had addressed teammates after Muddy's practice, and he told them a lot of teams go through this stuff every year. This is the moment where a lot of teams choose to pack it in. 
uh, and Damon says, it, I, I just said that it's not, it, it's just not who we are. We dig out, we find a way, and we're going to do that once again. It's not easy, it's not comfortable, but it's what we do. Uh, it, it, it seems good, man. I feel like it's... it's leadership, uh, bruh. Exactly. It's leadership. It's, he pointed out as well, the final comment that I had clipped in here, you're not going to fix it all at once. The only reason we don't bounce back will because we let go. So I think, again, this is, he's finding a way to try and motivate the teammates to say, don't just, don't just mail it in. Don't just, uh, right. just kind of like, and we've seen that at points in games. Honestly, maybe part of what we saw last night, they really played tough against the Suns when they were making that comeback. And we saw shots falling from Dame. We saw Nurk and Dame in the pick and roll working really well. We saw, Threes falling from Anthony, from Rocco. Uh, Rocco put us up 75 to 72 at the end of the third quarter, I think is what it was, to really kind of get that fire going. But once the sun started to pile back in the fourth, you just didn't see the same fire in the in the overtime uh, minutes. And so, you know, maybe that's part of what Dan's referring to here and it's what teams have to fight through in general. And again, like he said, a lot of teams go through this. But, you know, yeah, I think he's doing what he can to, to, to get the team going. I love it. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just leadership. It's just Dame. I mean, you can't, you can't roll over. You can't fold. And that's, uh, we, that's part of the reason that anytime I bring up the possibility of having to move on from him, you know, you and other hardcore fans get so heated about it. It's because that loyalty, (laughs) that no, no, I mean it very positively, Keith. Like it's that loyalty. It's that grind. It's that never give up that, that hard hat mentality, right? You know, lunch pail and hard hat, like, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be messy, but let's go to work. Like it, like it endears you to him as a fan, right? Because Absolutely. you've seen, you've seen players do the opposite. Like how many times have you seen, Oh, the situation's not going bad. And now star player requests a trade, right? Like, like it, it, to Dame, like if anything, like it's been his, his requests for trades have been fabricated. Like <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the media, the league wants, you know, the talking heads, the Jason Williams, they want so badly for Dame to be in a big market that that Dame has to continually start every single year and in the offseason, like putting out fires and putting to bed that he re- that I didn't request a trade. I don't know where that that comes from. I like it's just like so. So, yeah, that's that's why that's why it endears you to him just because it's he just wants to keep working at it and he's not going to let it upset him or or tear him down and to me everything he says still sounds like the guy that he i think he'd rather <laughs> i think he'd rather go you know 10 and 72 in portland than 72 and 10 with the lakers you know like that's, that's just who he is and Hell i like yeah. it i love it yeah exactly man that, that's that's what we've got to keep him here it, it, it's yeah it, you and i can get into this more at another point but again i it, i think at this point from all the uh, off-pod conversations we've had, we've both kind of seen the light of, I get the the economic side, I get the trade value side of things, but I, I think you also, yeah, the, you know, the, it's the, beyond just the fan passion, like, it, Blazers just aren't going to get another player like Dame. Uh, so it's just, it's the idea of letting him go. I think it's as simple as that. It's just, we're just not going to get a player like him again. So you just got to really let it run its course. If, if, if he asks to be traded, so be it. But until then, I don't think there's a lot of, of, of things, of ways it goes that way. And I, we've said this before on the on the pod too, and I want to make sure you say it again. And again, how poor, how lucky Portland is to have CJ McCollum too. Yes, because this guy has been linked to every trade possible for years now. Because a, he's super talented, and b, his money uh, cap hit makes him tradable. But this guy has never let that waver, like his his drive. It's it's never let changed how he views the fan base or his love for Portland. Like I think. 
CJ is very good in understanding like, you know, business is business, right? And and he understands that part of it. He doesn't have to like it. But the fact that this guy has openly basically been shopped every single year, the fact that he's a businessman, he knows that when Dame says, I want the roster to get better, that that almost certainly means it's at the expense of, of CJ because of how he's like, CJ still has not let that affect his relationship with Dame, his 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 leadership in that locker room. Like, what I love about CJ, honestly, is CJ is basically, he's like, I'm a trailblazer until I'm not, you know, I'm not going to change it like that. CJ yeah. McCollum could have requested a trade years ago if we want to be really, really honest here, but he hasn't like, come on the minute that the, the minute there happened to be another star in town, what did LaMarcus Aldridge do? Right. Right. Like, no, hundred percent. So I, I will say this until the minute he's traded and I'll say it after too, that Portland is extremely lucky to have a guy like CJ McCollum because if there was no Dame, if Dame weren't here, CJ would be the guy that Portland is going, please don't trade him. Please never get yeah, rid of him. That's our, that's our guy. So I yeah. just want to, yeah, he deserves that praise. I, I I love CJ for that, that professionalism, man. Yeah. CJ has been wonderful, man. I, I, I'm not hating on him at all. I know we talk a lot about trading him and it's been a, a drum that I've banged on for a long time here on Trailcasters. But I also have a Christmas card with CJ on it, with me, him, and my wife doing a little totem pole all together. And it was, it's wonderful. It's one of the <laughs> highlights of my my Blazers behind the scenes stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that's that's about as far as I can go with any of the uh, the, the the flexing on on the access and the rest. But before we get out of here, Chris, got one more thing to catch up on from last week's lost episode when i dropped it uh we had a listener question from nibble our buddy nibble uh he's in the spaces a lot with us he also joined our discord and immediately after joining the discord last week threw out this question to us so we addressed it on the pod last week i just want to kind of rehash this for a second here uh feel free to make a new choice if you want or stick with the one you had when we talked about it before uh but nibble asked if you could choose one retired player that would help balance the team who would it be Mine is uh, Nibbles uh, said he said mine is Dennis Rodman as he was a def- defense and rebounding savant that didn't require touches to be happy. Also an underrated passer. Absolutely good points with with Dennis Rodman. I think we both agreed last time too that Rodman would would be a very valuable player for the Blazers or even anyone of that prototype. We talked about Draymond Green and some other kind of modern players who might kind of resemble a version of Rodman in a sense. Uh, and yeah, they'd fit with the Blazers here, but who would you go with, Chris? Who would be your, your player to bring back? Hey, just by tried and true, Rasheed Wallace, baby. Give me prime prime Sheed on this roster all day long. That'd be nice. I also go to names that are good 3 and D guys. Yeah, he was in the talk for general manager, but tell me you wouldn't like a Detroit-era Tayshaun Prince on this roster, right? Uh, James Posey there in... Uh, in Boston, very good part of their defense. Tony Allen, those type players. Um, I know the instant is like, well, what about the Michael Jordans and the <laughs> and the Larry well, of Birds? Course, of course. But I can't go there. But if you want to go someone that I do think, honestly, would make a world of difference on this team if you could have him right now, and it doesn't even have to be his prime. But if you gave me Portland Trailblazer era Scottie Pippen, on the trailblazers right oh, now, even yes. I think it would be a match made in heaven. Oh, completely. Like, and even like we've talked before about a, a former blazer that we bring back. I brought Nicholas Batum in that same sense. It just, I, I think there's that mold there that blazers could really use that guy, that, that wing, that small forward who can defend, who can hit threes, who can make some uh, plays uh, for others as well. And in that same sense, 
Oh, go ahead. I'd bring Nick back right now as, yeah, your, as a backup, absolutely. as a backup three. He'd be freaking great. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And and you know, yeah. So in that same sense, my answer to Nibbles' question was uh, the Mozart of hoops, uh, according to Basketball Reference. I didn't actually remember that nickname. I always called him Dragon. Maybe that one's off. But uh, Drazen Pitrovic. Uh, as I'm learning, is more the proper pronunciation as I think it's gone by. Yeah, man, he, just as a wing player, three-point shooter, able to make plays uh, for others, I, I, I think he'd be another player that briefly played for Blazers. Most of his kind of history was with, with the Nets, the New Jersey Nets, not the Brooklyn ones. But, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I think that'd be my my pick to go to. Yeah, I think you're mixing them up. The dragon is uh, Goran Dragic. Dragic now, but but I swear uh, really? Petrovic was was dragging back in the day. No? But I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was like two years old when he was here. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't watch him live, man. Yeah, I was a little kid. I was. I was... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got. Uh, I think for now, um, we touched a little. The one other thing I wanted to mention before we get out of here, uh, we touched a little on this earlier, was uh, the number of players that are missing basketball games right now for health and safety protocols and for COVID and the rest. And, you know, we've, I, I've been on my soapbox about this plenty before. I'm sure Chris has had enough of it as well, but please guys, uh, if you're vaccinated, get the, get the booster. If you're not, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, but <laughs> the, I'm disappointed. On, I know I'm disappointed in this damn shot. Okay. I got, I got two of them. I got the first Pfizer shot. I got the second shot. I got the booster. And I even switched because the doctor said, hey, I think I actually recommend it. So I got Moderna on the Pfizer third one. Okay, okay. There yeah. You go. Three shots in, mixed them up. Still no X-Men superpowers. And I kind of think it's some <laughs> bullshit. I don't, have, I don't have Wolverine claws. I don't have laser beams for eyes like Cyclops. At least give me I don't the have the, regeneration, man. Just like, let me, let right? me get up there and just, just re- recycle quick. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the powers of Jean Grey. I mean, if anything, maybe maybe I got Beast's powers. I feel like I'm a little more hairy nowadays, <laughs> but I, I I can't transport uh, uh, positions. I, I and body slide. I can't Nightcrawler this. I'm not Cable. I have no superpowers after three shots, and I think it's some bullshit because conspiracy theory internet has lied to me, and I'm very upset about it. Because I wanted to be invincible as an X Men, not just in, not just safe from a virus. I want to be safe from the virus say, was, and it, have powers. It was a lot of good X Men references, not just like Marvel or or, or actually, in general, but you went straight actually, X-Men. actually. Here's the deal. I called Danny Ainge's interest in returning to the league. I called the Pacers blowing up the night before it happened. Maybe I got like some <laughs> Professor X telepathy. Oh, there we go. There we Maybe go. Maybe I did get superpowers. I just haven't figured out how to use them yet. I take it all a... back. Get the shot. Okay. It's cool. There it's we go. It. Get the shot. Get the shot. There you go. You can get superpowers like a pred- uh, predictive Chris over here. <laughs> no, not I just predict- like I, I I just like the look on your face. You Looks like your 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 cheeks puckered a little bit when I said actually. Shot pisses me off. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, don't do it. <laughs> no. I got my reasons. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> In closing, your honorable listeners, that. No, wait. Here's where we go. Here's where we go. I got it. I got it. This one um, pick a power. Pick a superpower. If you could have one. If you were if you were to suddenly inherit one superpower, if you had some machine that when you went to get the shot, they were going to give you one superpower of your choice, where are you going? 
one superpower? Like one I can't be like superpower. a super. I can't be a hero. I only have to have one power. I mean, uh, like like we're talking like a primary power. You might also have like some being strong or fast or something or you know whatever but but like your primary what's your what's your what's okay your so dude? okay so the super strength speed those things those are all already factored in you have them i mean they're, they're, okay. they're factored in. like you could if, if you if you want to be superman that's like an extra level of like anyway we'll do this whole debate another time but just just short version long story short oh man it's been it's it's so hard it's either it's either it's either spidey sense Oh yeah, or or as you already alluded to, Wolverine's power to regenerate. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably where I'm going. Those are up there. Those are pretty far up there. I think another really big one, time manipulation, being able to slow yeah. down, like like not just being fast, but being able to like kind of like manipulate time, slow things down, maybe travel to the future or back and forth. Like you, because you get into you know ideas of teleportation, you get into kind of knowledge of future events, or you know to going back and manipulate the past. Uh, oh, maybe maybe not Wolverine's regeneration powers because I feel like Deadpool's regeneration powers are more fun. Deadpool, so maybe I'll, go with De- <laughs> I'll go with Deadpool's. Deadpool was crazy. Yeah, Wolverine could regenerate, but Deadpool, like, if you didn't like obliterate every cell, he was going back yeah, in some like, weird. Yeah, baby he can't way. die. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> this is tabled, and this is a debate for the off-season podcast. When I say I still want to do every week, and you're like, oh, but there's no Blazers talking about. Like, no, there's, <laughs> we can talk about. Uh, we're gonna have a whole network of of, uh, of podcasts at one point, and by that by then we're gonna have to get on I don't know Patreon or some sort of sponsors on here. Hell yeah, I gotta make some money, baby. We're gonna get there. Did, we're gonna do it. Didn't do I'm this down. out of the kindness of my heart. I did this to get rich. <laughs> That's what I was promised. I'm gonna get that McDonald's sponsorship. <laughs> Mother. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. And Keith, please don't drink until the podcast is edited. (laughs) No promises. (laughs) Where's my wine?